Welcome to the Canine Cooperative Podcast. Hey, Jamie. Hey, Sabrina. So what are we going to discuss today on this podcast? Well, you were telling me an interesting story earlier. I was telling you an interesting story. That I think that we should delve into. I think that could be pretty helpful for people. Yeah, because it's something that happens often because people it's about bringing new dogs into your home when you already have a dog at home and this is a conversation i get a lot right like people get a dog Mm -hmm. their dog is social with other dogs likes play dates like you want to rescue another dog or another dog needs a home however you come to the decision that dog number two should be in your family how you go about bringing in dog number two is a really important process and it can go either super great like i've talked to people who are just like yeah we'll just throw them in and see how it goes and the dog's just (laughs) like seamless entry (laughs) but more often than not that is not the case yeah so tell what was like let's just recap for the folks at home yes for the folks at home let's give you a little backstory so you have actually like a real life scenario that we're working off of so i have a client that recently adopted a dog it's only been a couple days okay yep so this this conversation is super fresh and she just recently brought a um, adult dog into her home and she already has an adult dog in her home and again this dog that she owns is very dog friendly and social and the dog that is from the shelter same thing yeah right And she did the appropriate thing prior to even adopting this dog. She was there, and I went with her as well to um, go meet the dog, but she had consistently shown up at the shelter, um, brought her dog to interact and just meet and greet. Exactly, and and just make sure that everything, um, you know, seemed. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They liked each other. They played. Right. They got along. Nobody tried to kill each other outwardly. There were there were no. Let's just put it this way. There were no immediate red flags where I was like, ooh, yeah. You know, outside of the information we're going to be giving you right now. Right. Mm-hmm. So in a neutral environment, the dogs got met, got along, played, spent time together. It looked like it was a good match. Fast forward to. Fast forward to a couple days ago, the dog entered her home Mm -hmm. and she officially adopted it, right? So now what she's starting to see at home is a little bit of unraveling from the both of them and seeing behaviors. I mean, from the dog, you don't know, you don't know what's normal and what's abnormal for that dog. For your own dog, Mm -hmm. those behaviors can shift Yes. Extremely mm-hmm. to a point where you're like, oh, my God, who is this dog? Yes. Right? Yeah. Very shockingly so. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the, the she's, she's doing the appropriate things with separation and structure and all that stuff, which we'll get into. But she had a moment where she had confined her dog, opened the door to that room and the dog <coughs> jumped off the couch yeah. and lunged at her. And it actually frightened her. Yeah. To a certain her. point because she was like, I... I actually thought my dog may have tried to bite me. Like yeah. I never would have thought that before. And so this is really important when we discuss behavioral changes, most importantly in your own dog, because yeah. 
it's not abnormal that they're going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And the new dog coming in is also mm -hmm. uncomfortable. This is yes. all a new environment. And so when tensions elevate and when you're anxious and nervous and stressed, you can act out and make some stupid decisions, which is what dogs tend to do. Yeah. And, and understanding um, that dogs don't rationalize the way humans rationalize is an important piece to this. So for two things. Um, Here, hold please. Hey, come on, let's go. Just get my up. All right. Guys so always have to make a racket. After, after Sabrina's contained her wild beast. See, even as dog trainers, we deal with dog stuff too. Yes. Like the barking at the... I don't even know what that was at. That was just... Oh, you guys have a podcast going on? Let's yell. We're going to bark. We're going to bark. <laughs> bark, bark, bark. Chihuahuas. Um, it's music to my ears, yes. right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway. Oh, understanding that dogs don't rationalize like how people rationalize things not to say they're not rational but they don't they don't process the world the same way we do they don't have those same mental capacities that that we do to to rationalize certain situations so what i mean by that is is when you have a dog living in your home and then you choose to bring in another dog the dog living in your home might love a play date and have the associated way of being that, hey, I get to play with dogs for two hours, an hour, mm -hmm. 45 minutes, maybe a day. But then I get to go home to my quiet house and decompress and relax in my bed with my toys, with my food, with my water and all my things. And that's okay in that context. So you have a dog that's used to yeah, I'll play with you for a couple of hours. And then I go to go home and have my own time to myself and kind of decompress and, and mm -hmm. de-stress after all of that. Yep. And like sleep and recover because I'm tired. I was just running around like a fool, like right. having a great time, mm -hmm. right? So you have that dynamic where the dog you have at home, the play date they just had at the shelter, or the rescue or the dog park or wherever they don't know that the papers you signed means that, hey, this is my new brother or sister. They didn't go out seeking for a housemate. You made that choice for them. Right. And there's no way to say, hey, this dog you just played with for two hours is now going to come live full time in your house. And you got to share your space. You got to share your toys. You got to share your people, your pack, your everything. There's no way to communicate that shift to them in a way that will prepare them ahead of time for that shift and that's exactly where things start to get funny yeah and then and like we'll kind of dig into that a little bit but then you have the other dynamic of there's no way to communicate to the dog that's living either in a foster home or a shelter that the nice person and the nice dog they just hung out with for two hours yep it's now their home is now their permanent people they just go whoever i was living with wherever i was living i was living there and doing that side of life and all of a sudden i'm plucked out of that and dropped into this new home environment with new people a housemate new rules that i don't necessarily know and I don't know what to expect, where to go to the bathroom, where to get fed, what, what's the dynamic here of not just me and the people in my environment, but me and this other dog. Like, mm -hmm. So this new dog has to relearn their way of being and thinking and relating to an entirely new universe, and so does your first dog at home. 
because their world has just changed dramatically as well. Right. So it's um, it's a giant shift for both dogs to get used to and move through that 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 stress and overwhelm of the dogs just trying to figure out their new life dynamic can trigger a whole lot of responses that you might not be prepared for. Right. And quote unquote abnormal for maybe your dog. I'm not going to say abnormal for a dog because I, I think a lot of these behaviors are normal, right? Like aggression is a normal dog behavior, but if you don't see it from your dog, you are, you know, you're kind of shocked and and dismayed by that when you see it. But Learning what all this stuff means will also help you learn where your dog's headspace is at as well. So the the most important thing that you need to remember, and Jamie just listed a whole bunch of things that your dog covets inside your home, right? Mm-hmm. All of those, all of those things that belong to them. Like it's like you're asking a single child to be a sibling. Yeah. Sometimes that doesn't go over so well. Well, let me <laughs> tell you, I've done it four times and like it's the same process, right? Like they're the my my oldest child and every child mm-hmm. since like they didn't choose to have a younger sibling right. and that was they were at an age two a year one mm-hmm. two years old where they didn't have the capacity to rationalize and that's the that same share the same kind of yeah. thinking that goes on in a dog very primal yeah and not understanding this is my the, mom exactly. this is my toys this mm-hmm. is my space and now this new dog is taking time away, is shifting my pattern of my life. Yes. And it puts them in upheaval and it yeah. puts them under stress. And again, like we were saying earlier, when dogs are under stress, you're going to see behaviors come out that maybe are not their normal. So you need to be prepared for that. Yeah. So the biggest thing when you're moving from, you know, most socialization um, things happen in a open space, a yard, a park, something like that. You know, people aren't usually having dog parties in their living room. Mm -hmm. But when you do move from that outside area into the inside space, Mm. the most important thing that you have to remember is the space gets smaller. And when space gets smaller, competition increases, either for the space itself or what's in that space. Mm -hmm. And so, again, this is where these moments get tricky and the less structure you have in your home the more the dogs kind of have to figure out yeah, things for themselves they figure it out on their own. and yeah. they're going to make mistakes yeah. because they're not thinking with a calm yeah rational space, brain you know? well and i also i i kind of explain it like this too like imagine if you were going to go out and to a party or, or somewhere else somebody else's house or a venue and mm-hmm. you got into a conversation with somebody and they were um they were talking about political viewpoints that you didn't agree with. Oh, here's a fun one. Right? <laughs> maybe, you even, maybe you even thought their standpoint was a little bit offensive. Right. But you're like, well, this isn't my house. Mm-hmm. It's not my party. I'm an invited guest here. So I'm going to let it slide. I'm not going to take issue with that. Right. Right? Like, this is, a, this is a public space. And, you know, they can say whatever they want to say, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you leave and you're like, they were generally really, really nice. I just didn't really agree with them on a couple of things. Mm-hmm. They kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so then you, then, but then this person ends up coming over to your house. You invite them over to your house and they start sp- talking about viewpoints that you don't agree with that you find offensive. And then you have, you feel like 
this is not how I want this to go in my house. I don't appreciate how space. they're talking. Yeah. This is my space. Get out. You can't talk to me like that. Mm -hmm. You can't you can't hold these viewpoints in my home that's against something that I believe and I don't want. Get out. So same things happen with dogs, right? You go and you meet in a neutral space, a, a public park, the shelter, a, a wherever. And some of the things that that the dogs will do together might irk each other, but they're like, meh. Not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's a public space. Like, I might never see this dog again. Like, I'm not going to get into it here. It's not worth fighting over. But like Sabrina said earlier, like just now, when you shrink that space down and bring a new dog into an already established territory where your first dog has a set way of being and an associated way of living, competition arises. Your dog could take issue with how this new dog comes into the space. And think about it from what you were saying before. If you did have that person in your home that made you very uncomfortable, mm. how would that change your reaction towards stuff yeah you wouldn't be walking around nice and calm like you would if you just had a room full of your friends and yeah. you guys were having some wine you know but if there is this person there that is absolutely causing you distress because yep. of what they're saying yeah your attitude about one how you're going to handle the situation yeah or maybe you know maybe you're not someone that has a short fuse but this person really sets you off yeah. it's, it's like it's the same thing you're coming into this experience of being nervous and anxious and it's going to make you do certain things that maybe are not your your normal repertoire yeah absolutely it's gonna when you're under stress you be you turn into a reactionary mode yes okay and a lot of times what happens is... And dogs are not known for being proactive. Right. <laughs> They're very reactionary. So um, things like behaviors that you might see in your dog when you bring a new dog in, like your first dog. Behaviors you might see in your first dog are things like they'll... Um, remove themselves. Most people say they're, they're sulking or they're sad or they're depressed. They'll remove themselves from the situation, mm -hmm. move into another room, not leave a room, like go into the bedroom, not come out. Yeah. Um, go into their crate, not come out. They'll want to avoid the situation. Uh, you might see some guarding behaviors where your dog is beginning to growl. Um, I think that's probably a pretty common one. Yeah. Over like they could be laying on the couch and growling at the new dog coming by or not allowing the new dog into a specific room like the mm -hmm. bedroom growling at them for like even just walking oh into sure the room, yeah right? like, my first dog used to do that he would stand on top of the bed yeah and guard against any other dog that would try to come up on it yeah, yeah. or like even even simple things like they're guarding the kitchen yep where they won't let or like they won't let a dog move in and out from the inside to the outside so they're guarding they could also space. be guarding you yeah they could be guarding you as well um, where like they're sitting next to you, you're petting your dog, the other dog comes into the room and your dog starts to get possessive of you, growling, mm -hmm. hovering, stiffness, like chasing away. And it might shock you because you've never seen that behavior because to your dog, there was never a reason to guard those things. And so at this point in time and as taboo as it is, but it absolutely exists people, there's a hierarchy in mm -hmm. your home when you share it with animals and any time something new comes in that picture it threatens yeah they got the hierarchy it out. yeah they and so that's where dogs like 
they turn into animals. Yeah. Like this is, mm -hmm. you know, nobody wants to be knocked off their, right. their pedestal. Right. You know? And nobody wants their, like, listen, we are all resistant to change. Yes. We all don't like it. It's stressful when some factor comes into our life that we can't control and forces us to change our pattern of behavior. We get stupid cranky. Yep. Yeah. Like, that's just like, that's the way things go. Absolutely. Think about like the snarky comments you make or like, yeah. even if like someone like, I don't know, new coworker comes yeah, into play, in, you know, and, and you're like, just like, Ugh. Ugh. right. They took my coffee cup. Everyone knows this is my <laughs> coffee cup. And that bitch just picked up the coffee cup I use every day. And so that's actually a really good um, segue into a great example of starting a new job where you're going into a territory that's already been established with people and nobody telling you what to do. Because we want to, we want to also explain how to successfully integrate a dog into your home when you already have a dog or multiple dogs. But the comparison is basically you are starting a new job somewhere yeah. and you walk into a space that already has established hierarchies, rules, esta right? Rules, established territories. Everybody has their cubicle. cubicle. Yeah. There's like a hierarchy of managers and bosses. Departments. Dep yeah. All of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And if no one tells you, and the funny thing is, is talking to my client, she goes, that's why I, I quit my job after six months because no one taught me how to do anything. I didn't feel useful. Yeah. And she's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So it's, it's so relatable that if someone isn't there being like, hey, come on in. This is Cynthia, our receptionist. Yeah. And this is this department. And this is who runs this department. And this is this department. And you're expected to show up at this meeting at this time with this prepared. We get lunch at this time. You yeah. leave at this time. You show up at this time. It is going to put you so much more at ease because you know, you know, what's expected. You know, the plan, you know, yeah. it's expected and you know, it's laid out in front of you. Mm -hmm. So you can have expectations of your environment and your environment has expectations of your behavior. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So like when you're, when, when you're bringing in a new dog in the same token as like the dog you have at home, didn't choose their housemate, the dog you're bringing in doesn't know didn't choose its position didn't either. choose its position either and now they're left to kind of figure it out so there and there's something to understand when you adopt a dog whether you have another dog at home or a dog or or you're bringing a second dog into your home the dog that you're adopting there's something i call the arc of adoption where it takes them three days to kind of decompress like switch gears mm -hmm. like i was there wherever there I'm is here. and now i'm here <laughs> yeah. right takes them three days to kind of be like all right this is a new space and let me get my bearings here so that's usually potty training times of eating like general relationships mm -hmm. like who's what to me and when and where and why and how yeah right and then it's because like this when you adopt a dog it's very much like dating yes of it course, is. yeah so like when it the first three weeks that dog's probably going to kind of be on their best behavior right walking on eggshells a little bit like i don't know what the rules are here like i like it it's better than where i was before they all seem really nice i'm not gonna let my freak flag fly just yet <laughs> right then after three weeks they're like hey they haven't gotten rid of me i'm still here let me get a little bit comfortable mm -hmm. 
And then that's when you start to see the behaviors kind of come out in this new dog. Like, just like with dating, like, oh, well, they're not putting as much makeup on. So this is what they really look like in the morning. Or like, wow, they just leave toothpaste spit all over the place. This is great. Oh, my God. It's so like, true. Right? Right? Like, yes, you start oh, to get comfortable. The hamper's right there, but the dirty clothes are six inches from the hamper still, on the floor. Still dealing with that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you start to see that as the dog gets comfortable, you start to see who they really are. And then after three months of that, where you've kind of worked through those relationship hiccups, where you're like, all right, this is worth working through. Like you're an awesome person. So I'll take your dirty drawers like the six on the month floor. Part. Right. The six month mark when you're dating. Yeah. If you can and make it like, past six, six months, months, you're, you're, you're in. Yeah. Right. So like you're by like three months in the dog you've adopted is like, all right, this is home. I'm mm -hmm. in. I'm in. And you've kind of worked through some of those relationship issues. Uh, so like understanding that arc of adoption, it takes them three days to kind of decompress in the new space, three weeks to settle in and fully get comfortable. And then three months to kind of be like, totally let it out. And I'm that's, home. that's a, that's a, a overall, I think assumption. Yes. I mean, there's, trust me, there's dogs Give and that, take. yeah, right. there's, there's dogs dog. that you're very lucky and they're like, <laughs> Hey, whatever. Cool. We've all, we've all met those couples who are like, we dated one night, had a magical night three weeks <laughs> later, we were married and we're 55 years in happily married so with true. six kids. It's so amazing. True. Like we've all, there's always the exception to the rule, but generally yes, three days, three weeks, three months. So what we're going to talk about, and we're going to link a really great article from the Bella Reed Pitbull Rescue, who did a really great job on this concept of um, a shutdown period when you bring a new dog into your home. So you guys can read that. We don't have to reinvent the wheel right here. Mm -hmm. But let's sum up. Let's just but give let's, us a summary. Let's give a so good summary. Because shutdown can have a very negative. Uh, absolutely. Right. So a very what do you mean thing. when you say shutdown period? So for myself. And as per this article, a shutdown period is just a period where things are very heavily monitored mm -hmm. and very structured as far as what to expect going in and out through every day. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you walk into your home and it's this free for all. Let's see what happens. It's we walk into the home. We have a separate area for, and this this shutdown important to mention goes for your dog as well. Yes. It's not just the dog that's coming in. And I think that's something that hurts people's hearts too, that they're like, oh my God, my dog has to go and do this stuff now as well. But it's going to help decompress your dog and it's going to help build a more um, solid association and foundation between the two dogs that you're trying to get to live together yeah because they now get to experience each other hopefully in the best ways possible because you're facilitating those interactions and aren't left to figure things out for themselves during this like very fragile time that they're interacting yes so you're basically going to follow 
our biorhythm, yeah. essentially. Mm-hmm. So go back to the biorhythm. Bio I wonder how many podcasts we're going to say that for. Oh my God, so many, <laughs> so many. Because so it all like comes, it's, yes, it's, it's so foundational. It really it's is. so foundational. So you, basically the two-week shutdown is an extended biorhythm, yes. right? Then you just, and again, does it have to be, could it be three weeks? Could it be one week? It depends on how things start to yeah, unravel. But you want to take things conservatively where... Everything is basically under control. Mm -hmm. You are taking your dog's hand and being like, hey, this is how we're going to navigate this. And you're taking the new dog's hand. This is how we're going to navigate this. And you're literally there facilitating the experience. So doing things like having uh, crate time, if um, if they're not being supervised absolutely dogs should go in a crate yeah and i like to crate them they don't have to necessarily be right next to each other but in the same room so they also get the experience of being around each other with downtime yeah right nice calm yes. and relaxed stuff yeah so they can just kind of sit and smell each other and be in a safe environment and make a positive association yeah absolutely and then when the dogs are out having structured activities right let's go for walks together let's do something that has a pack element to it yes and so why is that important why is pack activities important for dogs as opposed to the dogs themselves interacting yeah well walking together and having a common goal is a very bonding experience for any being Mm -hmm. right having a common goal working together to a common goal but something like like pack activities walking together hiking together biking together um training together you're setting up a standard of behavior this is how i want my kids my fur kids to act together in a group so it because you're you're integrating a new member to this already established pack. The mm-hmm. already established pack is you, your dog, your family members, all that kind of stuff. So you're integrating a new member. But what it does is it helps bond the dogs without competition. So instead of constantly being like, oh, that's my toy. And one dog gets a toy and the other dog rushes over to take that toy from the other mm-hmm. dog. Or they're like, it's WrestleMania all the time. And then these things aren't bad things. But what it does is it kind of takes the stress off of all of this face-to-face competitive interaction Mm -hmm. off and it's like hey we're working together as a group we're doing things that we enjoy doing together as a group you guys are listening to me we're following my leadership we're following what we want to do together and it's not this face-to-face nose-to-nose competitive interaction all the time it's a bonding experience where the dogs are coming together with a mutual goal where it's not stress and you're working side by side so I like to say to people, I'm like, think about all the friendships in your life. You didn't just walk up to some random person on the street and be like, you, we're best well, friends forever right except now. Except for us. Except for us. <laughs> That's just kind of how it worked. We are that weird couple. We are. <laughs> um, but like, honestly, we weren't though. Like we, we started working together on a mutual case Yes. where like the client reached out to both of us and asked us to work together to kind of help find solutions for her dog. And that's kind of how we started working together. Or like, how do you make friends at work? It was like, all right, we have to work on the same project together. Yes. Our focus isn't directly, directly. each other. Mm-hmm. Our focus is this thing. And through focusing on something else that we both mutually enjoy, we bond together that way and we're like hey you're kind of cool maybe we should go out for lunch yes. maybe we should get some cocktails maybe we maybe should, we like, should go on vacation, vacation together 
you know. But that's exactly, you're right, that's exactly how it progresses in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And I think, yes, you know, when we get another dog, we're not like, oh my God, I can't wait to just lock everyone down. Like, yes. That's not your vision. Throw them in crates exactly. and take everything away. But that vision of them running, you know, through your yard yeah. and being all happy, these are the things that can blossom from just the proper introduction and um, just general living habits over that first few periods of time. So I've seen dogs that could have gotten along famously go absolutely downhill, right? right? And then you have situations like my client where she's experiencing now aggression from like there's definitely resource guarding going on the one dog has something she, her dog comes by she growls at her so you're, you're starting to see dogs just and again there's also nothing wrong with a dog being like this is mine and letting out a growl like there's nothing inherently it's wrong it's communication but it's what do you do with that communication where yes. does it go oh, that's and so that's good. where we need to establish like like some dogs are like whatever no big deal yeah and other dogs are like what yeah. right you're you putting pressure exactly like so and that might not be like my dog my dog no notorious resource guarder mm -hmm. has fought other dogs to a point of of veterinary need yeah yet Tallulah I swear I don't know how she has a face like honestly but it, it shocks the hell out of me seriously because she is so snarky and takes things and will also guard things from him. And he looks at her like she's crazy. But it's the fact that they've had a very solid foundation and a very solid relationship Absolutely. where that communication happens without incident and they're just talking to each other. Yes. But you don't know that yeah. at this point because everybody's new. Yes. Right? So we got to see what the intentions are. You don't want that stuff to escalate. You want to build a relationship with your dog as well. So the new dog and your other dog, if you don't have one already, where you can step into that mix when things go sideways and be yeah. like, back off. Yeah. And everybody mm -hmm. backs down. Yeah. So what are some things that you would recommend? Like, how would you recommend to people to start off this new relationship between dogs? So again, going back to any sort of pack activity, walks together, training together, where there's, there's something else happening in the environment that they are focused on, but doing it together. Yes. And then when you come inside, I go for coexistence. So if your dog's, I mean, your new dog's not going to know place. Yeah. Unless you're super lucky. Yeah. But this is something you can work on teaching your dog. Yeah. So that's something you can do when you have your dog outside of the crate. But having them place, or at the very least... If you um, live with someone else, someone has one dog on a leash, you have the new dog on a leash, and you're just coexisting in the environment. Again, just learning to be in a space with one another without the competition. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I would add to that, you can, you can prep your current dog for a new dog coming in. If you don't currently crate them or confine them in some way, you can start before the new dog comes in so it's not a shock to their system. Mm -hmm. But it's, I, I, I think people undervalue the importance of giving each dog their own individual space and time away from each other. Mm -hmm. Because... 
too much togetherness. Yes. Not always a good thing. No, <laughs> it's not always a good thing. And like coming from somebody who's very naturally introverted, mm -hmm. like you never guess it. Anybody that meets me is like, I know oh, it I is don't, very right? weird, right? It's very weird. But because I, I, it is, hold on, I'm going to sidebar <laughs> because it's so true. She's so chatty with like the people that you're comfortable around. You can't, you can't get you to shut up. Yeah, no, right? I talk a lot. <laughs> Thankfully, she always has good things to say. But if you see us out at a bar together, yeah. oh she like God. shuts down and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Like just talking she talks to everybody. To everybody. And like there are things, there have been times when you're like, I remember when we first did our first workshop uh -huh. and it was like right before the workshop and you're like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. Oh yes. You went into like crazy mode. Yeah. And, you're, and not I, crazy like you would think. No, audience. like, no. So she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just preparing. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, we're two days of extroverted time where we're talking to people. I said, so I just need to save up that energy and like. <laughs> and I was quiet. Like, I didn't talk for, like, I didn't talk to you for, like, two days yes. unless it was necessary. Which is like, very weird. And you're like, are you okay? <laughs> Did I do something? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just getting ready. And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm storing my extroverted energy. But what a great example where I am not at that point in a relationship with you to know that about you. Yeah. And I'm, in my mind, like, what a fucking weirdo. Like, yes. why is she being so quiet? But now that, like, we know that, it's yeah. like, it, it, every workshop we've done since, I'm like, yeah, it's normal. Yeah. Right? But that's the thing. Building, understanding what you're getting back from the opposite party. Yeah. And is that normal and is it not? And until you know that, you're kind of walking on eggshells. When yeah. you walk on eggshells, you just... You get snarky you and all that kind of stuff. You get snarky. So having space and time for your dogs to kind of take distance from each other. Mm -hmm. Be like, all right. Like, I don't have to wonder what's this other being thinking or doing or what are they going to be. I don't have to be on guard. I don't have to wonder. Like, all of yep. these different things. So that when they come back together, they're ready to be together. Yeah. They're ready to be on. They're ready to be, like playing and enjoying going on those walks together and learning together and all that kind of stuff yep. they're ready to do those things together so scheduling time throughout their day which goes back to our biorhythm but scheduling um time throughout their day where they can have that decompression decompression from the stress of being like oh crap somebody else is in my space mm -hmm. like this is a lot yep. it is super important and like that's one of those things where like Everything I do in dog training comes back to me because I'm essentially a dog. That's yeah. like that's basically where it goes. Um, but like, that's what I mean. Like I think about myself in a social interaction, like I'm super social, but things like Sabrina and I went, aw went away together earlier this month and it was fabulous. We had a great time. Oh my God. So much fun. Oh, we had so much fun. <laughs> but you learn a lot about somebody when you live with them. Yes. Like I was quiet a lot of the time and that's not something that like a lot of people get to witness. Yeah because that's just my natural state. So things like you'll see and learn things about your current dog and about your new dog, but when you bring them into the home, it's super important to dictate how you want them to interact before they interact. So something that you can practically do at home is be like, what are the rules for my dogs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, write them down. Write Have them a down. very, very conscious, narrative of how your day-to-day -day goes yeah with your own dog and how you want that new dog to 
come into that situation into that and space. learn those same rules. Yes, because um, so to give another real life example mm -hmm. of this is I'm working with some clients. They were uh, the girlfriend had a dog mm -hmm. and the boyfriend had a dog. Oh, that's always a common example too, yeah, right? right? Okay, blending. So, yeah, so they had two dogs, like they had a dog, and they've been together. But they, their jobs had them living separately for part of the mm -hmm. part of the year. So they just moved back in together. Well, what was happening is, is the two dogs are having um, a problem coexisting. There was guarding happening of people and space mm -hmm. and toys and items. They're generally very good together. They're both generally very good dogs. But there were some guarding issues here and there. Mm -hmm. There's some things like that. Very separate. So that it was like the, it was... And it was a, a woman and her male dog, a, a man and his female dog. Mm -hmm. So you have that dynamic yep. going on, right? But what was happening, it was it was a his pack, her pack type deal. Mm -hmm. So as I'm working with them, I'm going, you guys need to switch. Like, it's not like these rules apply to her dog and these rules apply to his dog. It's these are our dogs now. Like, this is one cohesive pack mm -hmm. and unit. We don't, you can't parent these dogs differently the standards of behavior that you accept in your house should apply to all dogs Correct. so just because this dog was here first doesn't mean they get to behave like a jerk or have more freedom or more whatever and just because this dog is new and doesn't know enough doesn't mean that they can get have the excuse of being a jerk or having more freedom mm -hmm. or they don't know or using all of those things you have to sit down and intentionally look at the, well, how do I want my dogs to behave in the space? I want them to be calm. I want them to be controlled. I want them to come when we called. I want them when we're outside. I want them to behave like this. And then treating each dog, like holding them to that same standard of behavior. Across the board. Across the board. So that's why having great time together in the same room, calm time together in the same room, activities together in the same fashion. Because one important. of the things that I see, just to cut you off real quick. Yeah, cut me off. <laughs> Get chatty. One of the things that I see is that people apply this. They, they're like, okay, I'll apply this to the new dog because yeah. they don't have that emotional connection yet. Yeah. But their dog still gets to do whatever they all the like. other stuff yeah. right so mm -hmm. a common thing is like well you know my my dog was on the couch while the new dog was out but then like the new dog came over and then my dog growled at it or yes. maybe the new dog growled at my but whatever the situation but mm -hmm. the rules have to apply to across, the, across board the board for everybody you can't have the one, one or the other or one dog yeah and you also cannot establish hierarchy for the dogs no just because you know and you're gonna see you you may see a shift where your dog starts to back down yeah and you can't you can't be in control of that natural interaction no. because that's personalities yeah i can't be in control of well the only control i have about being around other personality types is i can physically walk away yeah dogs can't yeah right so you're going to see a a difference in dominance and submission in different scenarios with your dog and the new dog they have to work and out they have to work that out dynamic but Absolutely. not in a way where let them figure it out no they're going to work it out but you're going to facilitate it yeah absolutely and this is where um this is another podcast topic we should do let me write it down write it down but um 
people talk about their dogs like they're my babies, they're my children. Oh, yeah. But they don't actually raise them like actual children. They, like, let all the rules and things go out the window. So as a mom of four children, what you were just talking about, like, working out relationship dynamics and hierarchy is super, it is in personalities yeah, and individuals. Yeah, my God, and it ebbs and flows, and it I ebbs see and it. Flows. Yeah. I see it in, in your crew. Yeah, in my you children, know? right? So, like, my youngest... We call her the little dictator. Oh, she she's gives, the best ever. She gives everybody her marching orders. You and can they just, just fall in let line. Let me adopt her. Okay. I'll take her. You don't have to worry about her. You got <laughs> she'll, she'll revamp your life and you'll be better for it. She's not even five. But like <laughs> the older ones just do yes, ma'am, whatever she says because her personality is, is over is, is more domineering. Is more domineering yeah. than everybody else's. And that's fine. Like it 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 fell into place yes but me as mom i'm still holding her to a standard of behavior so just because she's a more intense personality than the other three doesn't mean that she can act inappropriately because of that exactly so like that's where when i raise my human children i say this is the standard of behavior i expect my children to adhere to at all times no matter what's going on in the environment no matter what's changing and I do the same for my dogs. This is the standard of behavior I expect you all to set. You cannot treat each other differently based on your emotions or anything else. I will help and guide you when you need that assistance and you need to be to step in. Mm -hmm. But raising kids and dogs is not that much different. But for some reason, when we cover it in fur and give it two extra legs, we don't treat them as we treat them, our human children. No. And it's almost like they... I almost feel like people treat them like they're not even worthy of their own intelligence yes, either. Yes, they're not you capable. Know? Yeah, they're not like, capable. They are very capable. It's a totally different Oh, I know. Place. Yeah, let's not even go down that road. No, no, we're no. Gonna, we're, totally we're, trying to, we're trying to have like, you know, time frames on these yes. podcasts. But okay, so speaking of time frames. <laughs> <laughs> the Kermit the Frog. That's what we're doing. Ah, the cutoff hand signal. Okay, so... Shit. Okay, so <laughs> to sum this all up, so we don't make this a super long. I know this is a ton of we going into this topic. We both said we need to kind of narrow our focus here, but this is a huge conversation because when you bring a new dog into the home, it, it's it shifts the dynamic. You have more than just a d like acclimating a new dog to a new person and a new family. They didn't choose that, but you also have to guide your current dog mm -hmm. who's already living at home about how there's how they should adjust to this so by going back to again this is the fourth reference to the buyer of the podcast uh by going back to that structure and that podcast of just moving through the spaces and dictating how you want your dogs to be in each of one of those spaces and giving them time to decompress from each other giving them structure giving them things to do that aren't face to face, but together as a community, like as a pack together mm -hmm. is a great bonding experience. And um, just these first couple of weeks that your new dog is home, expect some shift. Like don't be surprised when your dog reacts to stress like a dog. Yeah. And that's the most important part. Guys, you own animals. Yeah. You own animals. So 
I'm going to put a link in the notes, little notes section of this Details, that whatever. will link you to Bella Reed's two week shutdown. Mm -hmm. So you can have a actual list of things to do. Uh, go back to our Biorhythm podcast because that is absolutely going to help you as far as how to structure your day. Yep. And if you're bringing in a new dog to your home, congratulations. Yes, it's, it's fun. It's Yeah, it, it really can be a great experience, but you just got to put the work in on the front end to have a good experience on the back end. Absolutely. All right. So we'll sign off for now since we've chatted your ears off. Um, and as always, if you guys want to reach out to us, ask us questions. It could be a podcast. It could be a podcast. So reach out. We'd love to hear from you. All right. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. -bye. Bye.